Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and today we're reviewing Star Wars Resistance, Episode 18, Descent. This is the last episode before the two-part season finale. It continues to be excellent. Lots of good stuff to talk about. Uh, But first, uh, a couple of things to mention. Um kind of gotten in the habit of doing book review or um, just talking about books each week. Uh, this week I am currently listening to Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnston. It's the Padme book that people have been waiting for. I did the audiobook. It's read by Catherine Tabor, who was the voice of Padme on Clone Wars and Forces of Destiny. And i got about two hours to go. Uh, so I'll finish it um, tomorrow, as of this recording, uh, so which means I'm pretty far into it. Um, but this is totally non-spoiler, um, so you know if you haven't read it yet or you plan to, uh, you're good. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. This is a great book. Um, I, I enjoyed uh, her Ahsoka book, um, but E.K. has just done it even better with this book. Um, and she was just on the Star Wars show this week with Andy, uh, and she mentioned it there, but you can tell that she loves Padme, loves the Handmaidens, uh, so this book, uh, seemed to have come more naturally for her. Um, yes, without spoilers, I, I mean, they, they've said it, it takes place, uh, between for, uh, the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones when Padme is transitioning from Queen of Naboo to Senator from Naboo. So, if you're a fan of the Phantom Menace handmaidens and characters from that movie, if you're a fan of the, the handmaidens and her entourage from Attack of the Clones, they're all in there. Uh, if you're a fan of the Clone Wars series, um, there's plenty of characters from there. I, I, and I'll, I'll say this, because... Um, yes, it best exemplifies my feeling about it. This book makes me want to go back and watch the episodes of The Clone Wars that I was least fond of. Um, overall, with the series, I enjoyed it, but anytime it was the Padme or the senatorial episodes, um, even though that interested me in the movies, uh, it just didn't do it for me in the cartoon. But this book made me interested in that to the point where I want to go back and watch those episodes so that I can get more out of them. Uh, so yes, I have been enjoying it. Uh, there's tie-ins to video games and b- other books. Uh, there's some name drops that raise my eyebrows. And there's plots that involve other books. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't want to go too far into it, but uh, yeah, there's, there's something here for everyone. Um, but you know, go watch 
the non-spoiler review on Star Wars Explained uh, because Alex has ladies on there reviewing the book and it's for them it's for the Padme fans it's for women and the fans of the women in these movies so it, it's great to see that it's, it's, it's for Star Wars fans but there was an audience for this book and they, they couldn't wait for it they loved it I'm enjoying it um, so yes uh, do check out Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnston um, we've got Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray coming out next month uh, so maybe at some point I'll do a double book review of both of those uh, in the sometime in the spring but yes uh, I'm enjoying it please check it out and also um, this past week we had hashtag rebels remembered that was such a fun day on social media I'm so glad that Jonah Marie Macias uh, came up with the idea and that uh, Star Wars the official site the official people uh, ran with it I spent all day on social media I thought I thought you know there would be some neat stuff but so many participants just if you followed the hashtag they shared pictures of you know the, when they were at convention and met uh, the stars of the show when they cosplayed uh, just you know and I posted some pictures from home of you know what rebels has meant to us uh, so many other people did that uh, sharing what their favorite episodes were their favorite moments their favorite characters how oh, it was just so enjoyable I don't think it's been that fun since that day last year when they announced uh, the return of Clone Wars series and people were going crazy and reminiscing about that show then it was great to see the Star Wars community come together and just reminisce about a memorable show um, I did post um, my contribution to it, uh, it where I, I talked about um, what it meant to uh, my son especially, my occasional co-host and I, I didn't review it but just talked about uh, the final episode about the epilogue and what that has meant to me and you know, the legacy it's left so that episode is on the Radio Dakar channel on iTunes and SoundCloud if you'd like to check it out uh, Just that, that was just a lot of fun uh, so moving on to this week's episode of Resistance uh, Descent by um, uh, Paul Giacopo wrote this one uh, it just continues the awesome I mean, well I would say the plot with the First Order but that's that's been there the whole time uh, but once they were allowed on the station and they just kept coming exponentially and it spiraled out of control for Captain Doza and they've closed in on Kaz and what he's been doing with his friends 
And then we got to that cliffhanger last week where it looks like they were being arrested. And, you know, that was our first cliffhanger on the show so far where the next episode took place immediately after the previous. And it just led to some very tense, very emotional material. Uh, things kept boiling over to where we're just going to have an amazing two-part finale. And the best thing I can say about this episode is that for all the thoughts I had on where the series was going, what I expected to see this week, a lot of it didn't happen. But we got amazing other stuff. Um, it's like Luke said in The Last Jedi, uh, this is not going to go the way you think. <coughs> so, um, so let's, let's move into it. Now, I, I did go back and rewatch uh, the pilot, the first part of the pilot episode, the recruit, because uh, with what have, as you know, if you've listened to the show, I have believed the entire time that Tam was the spy on the um, Colossus that Kaz was there there to look for. Now, of course, with this episode and her being finally being arrested by the First Order, as we saw teased in the mid-season trailer, and with her... It's not an interrogation, with her conversation with Agent Tierney, you know, you're start, starting to wonder, is Tam really the spy? You know, I started to question it for the first time. It's like, well, I thought this would be the episode where she she is arrested, but as soon as she's behind closed doors with the First Order, she, they, they all let their guard down, and we find out that she was the spy all along. <clears throat> Which, that didn't happen. I mean, she's being questioned and having a, this conversation with Agent Tierney, and, you know, that there's no indication that she's a spy from that. And so... It just had me thinking, okay, you know, well, even though they haven't said one way or another, what if she's not the spy? And then it took me back to the conversation I had with Jonah Marie Macias uh, when we did, and she joined me for the mid-season review. We were talking about, you know, I asked her, who do you think the spy is? And she said, um, well, are we sure that it wasn't a fan construct that that you know yes Kaz was there to spy for the resistance but was he actually you know was it for finding a first order spy or just finding out what the first order is up to well I was having having a lot of doubt about that I was you know given a lot of thought so I thought well let me just go back and watch the first episode and see what they actually said about it and so and in Poe's conversation with Kaz during the recruit, here's the exact quote. Poe said, Sources tell us that someone on Castellan is helping them, i.e. the First Order, and then also uh, somebody here is working for the First Order. He explicitly said that. Okay, so that yes, there is a spy that Kaz is there to look for. So, it may yet be Tam. Perhaps it's a case of one person in the First Order sent her there, and she reports only to them. And that person is not Tierney or anybody else that we've seen. 
so we still have yet to see that shot where Tierney has her helmet on and Tam uh, seems to be loaded onto the shuttle or transport you know we might get that and maybe only then would we get uh, the reveal so I don't know but if it's not her who is it uh, you know Niku has been a possibility I I don't really see it. Um, it you know there's a possibility of Cheeger he did you know jumping ahead he did allow himself to get captured but again I, I wouldn't believe that if Yeager is the spy for the First Order why would he allow the resistance spy into his fold in the very beginning of the series um, and then he goes back to well it could be one of the aces so there's a lot of questions left for that and uh, I think honestly kudos to the creators for waiting this long to reveal it it wasn't a case of okay well we'll reveal it with about five episodes to go that's not what happened uh, so they're keeping us guessing and trying to figure out what's going on so uh, that actually works out alright so actually getting into the episode I've been rambling a lot already but uh, just a lot to chew on with you know we're this close to the end of the season I do like that uh, besides the fact they had a cliffhanger that the cliffhanger pays off yes they're getting arrested yes they are actually in trouble because the first order figured all this out it's not you know sometimes you would think oh well they just set up the cliffhanger to be like oh my gosh what's gonna happen next but then you know Cass talks them out of it it's like oh no here's what actually happened and they're like okay well you're off the hook but we'll keep an eye on you no they were actually going to be in trouble if they hadn't staged an escape so you know that's good it gave this season stakes that it's been building up and also again I mentioned it before they have made the first order a very competent very scary very forceful presence stronger than the Empire I believe you know the first order did their work they figured out that this ship that was in their sector a couple of episodes ago was the fireball so they know that at some level Kaz and Yeager and all them were involved so they're, they're good and I mean it, it makes me like the First Order as an organization even more that you know they're, they're, they're this competent and it really does make them a real threat on the show because yeah like take rebels for example the empire yes they had some menacing villains and they did a lot of bad stuff but you know you still had the stormtroopers who were you know kinda goofy um, you know couldn't shoot well it got you know like bombed by Sabine and spray painted and all this other goofy stuff 
And yes, the First Order's had that too with, like, being attacked by Gorgs last week. But they're just very precise. You know, uh, like later on, when they're crawling through the, you know, the, well, uh, Jeffrey's tube is a Star Trek term, but like the, when they're crawling around underneath the grating, they get found by the First Order and chased there, and basically caught before they're rescued. So, yeah, kudos to the creators for over time building up the First Order as this threat to where it pays off the cliffhanger and they're in control until Yeager has some quick thinking, uh, thanks to Bucket. Um, it was really great to see Kaz and Yeager fighting the First Order. You could tell they had experience with this. Kaz as the New Republic naval officer and then Kaz or Yeager as former rebel. Uh, they know how to fight stormtroopers in Yeager's case specifically and just an adversary. <clears throat> so once they had the opening from Bucket and the smoke screen, uh, they got to it. Uh, so that was really cool. You know, they wind up in a firefight. Um, some, some of the best joy I've gotten from this season is watching Yeager fight and bring back the skills that he had. Uh, a lot like in Sonara's score when uh, he and Kaz ha uh, during the pirate attack have to get the uh, turrets uh, back online and they have to take the part with the forklift uh, to the top of Doza Tower. Yeah, th that's just really enjoyable. Yeager has been one of my favorite characters the whole time. Uh, to see him in action like this was great. Uh, I did like when he, they're, they're almost into his office and he th throws his gun at them. Uh, that's like you see, uh, like in westerns when you know you're riding your horse and you're shooting back at the people chasing you and you run out of bullets and you just throw the gun. Uh, that was cute. And we got CB-23 to the rescue, like, plowing into all the stormtroopers to get them more time. And I really thought they had, that Bucket was going to be our first major casualty of the show. Uh, when Pyre shoots him, um, and then he falls down the, um, where the loading dock part of it had been opened up. Yeah, I really thought they killed Bucket. Um, you know, to give that scene some weight. Um, yeah, uh, so, something I'll get into. You know, they, they have yet to, you know, kill off any of the major characters and, like, make any deaths really explicit. Like, you know, last week, Hype probably killed Stormtroop a Stormtrooper by knocking him into the water. And then Cat, uh, Yeager, uh, did that. He pushed a couple of, um, couple off the side this week uh, so I'm starting to wonder how, how they're gonna handle that are we gonna have you know actual death casualties beyond the obvious of Hosnian Prime um, being found out next week 
you know, I've had this, and because after the mid-season trailer, I thought, well, I could totally see Doza being assassinated to get him out of the way, and so they can have complete control of the station. I, I have this fear that Yeager is going to die, that he and Bucket will get shot down by Von Reg uh, during the finale, um, so that Kaz would lose, like the father figure, mentor on the show, and have to be out more on his own. Um, yeah, I thought there was a chance that Yeager would die this week. Uh, he got captured instead, so I, I really don't know how they're going to go with that. But yeah, that was crazy if Bucket had been the first casualty. Um, but he wasn't. Uh, as we find out later, the Chelladai rescued him and repaired him. Uh, now's a good time to mention Liam McIntyre as Pyre and Susie McGrath as Tam... They uh, just had great episodes. Um, you know, as much as Major Von Reg was advertised at the beginning as the, the lead villain, uh, Pyre has risen above that. He's, especially with, the, you know, the increased First Order presence, I mean, he's just been the one who's calculating and very frightening when he's talking to to any of the characters, you know, trying to get what he wants. And I've already talked about my doubts now about Tam being the spy because of how Susie played it. And she was outstanding, and I'm sure she'll do the same next week. You can tell there's genuine, genuine surprise in her voice that Kaz and Yeager were really up to this. It sounds like she really didn't know. So that was outstanding from both of them. They've been great all season, but it really shined in this episode. Um, we get um, Kaz confessed to Niku about uh, he's fin that he is a resistance spy, of course. You know, Niku thinking he's joking uh, all the way till the end of the episode. That was cute. Uh, but it made me think yes, all of it came to light this week. That Kaz finally confessed to Niku, and then Tam had to learn it this way. So the secret's out about Kaz's true purpose there. Um, I like that it's... It, I'm going to reference Smallville, the TV series. I mean, that's it ran for ten years, and, you know, the, the whole idea being that, you know, Clark... Uh, only had, you know, was revealed the secret to a select few, but there'd be episodes where somebody else would find out, like the villain of the week, or, you know, Lana or Lois at some point. But then something would happen to where, you know, either the the villain would die so that they wouldn't have told anybody, and he and his secret is still safe, or uh, like Lois finds out, but. You know, she gets knocked out or something and has amnesia and totally forgets about it. Or they, they explain it away, like, oh, no, you, you didn't really see what you thought you saw. Um, but Resistance has not been like that. You know, Kaz had some close calls, but he avoided anybody finding out his secret. You know, Sonara figured it out because that, that was a, that's a relationship in itself about the, the food and them understanding each other. Um, 
but as much as he kept it from Nico and Tam, it finally came to a head, and they found out and it's going to stick. So, you know, where we've gotten from the recruit to now, I mean, it's just built up really well. And I, did, I, I wrote uh, just a note down, did Yeager prepare for this? Because, you know, as they're escaping, yes, Bucket helped them get out of the hangar, but when Yeager was leading them, you know, trying to sneak around the station, I mean, he was very precise. He knew need to go to need to go to my office, need to go to my private hangar, and need to go to this this back door. Um, like he he seemed to have a pretty good plan, so he must have had a contingency for this. So I thought that was clever on his part. Uh, then we get Captain Doza and Tora. Um, yeah, I mentioned it last week. Uh, Doza has become a better character uh, because of this drama and him. He had control of the station, but that's he's gradually lost it. And um, but it, the way he fought back this week, and Jason Hightower just conveyed it so well with his voice. He's been a rising MVP of the show too. Um, you know, Doza was being snippy, like, you know, first order interrupting? No, of course not. Um, but, you know, he, he had that growing frustration with his lack of control, where he's trying to do something, he's like, I know, we're trying to contact the New Republic, we have to do this. And then he has better stuff later in the episode. But it's then that we get the introduction of Agent Tierney from the First Order Security Bureau. Uh, Sumali Montano uh, just brought it from the beginning. Uh, Tierney's already well loved on social media, and rightly so. Uh, she is a solid, imposing character. And the way she's nice and sweet to Tam is. It's kind of frightening in a way, and the way she, the delivery, because, you know, she wants something, and, you know, this is her way of getting it, is being nice, but, you know, will we see a even darker side of her in the next couple of episodes? We'll see. Uh, the First Order Security Bureau, uh, that's not a new thing. Agent Terex from the Poe comic, which I have referenced before. Uh, he, he was an interesting character, too. Um, he had his own methods of getting stuff. I will get to the Poe comic review at some point. I know I've promised that for months, but I, once this se season is over, I'll have time to sit down and do that. Because we, we'll, you know, we'll have months before the next season. So I'll, I will get that out there. Uh, so Tierney and Terex are in the same group. Um, it'll be neat to find out more about them. Um, as I mentioned, the stormtroopers do have um, Kaz and his friends uh, cornered, uh, you know, because they were that good. They surrounded them, but thanks to them being loud and um, Kel and Ayla hearing them, uh, they managed to get you know get them rescued through the trap door and then caught by the Chelidae. So, all is good for now. They can go hide. 
me see. Looking through my notes. I already talked about uh, you know tyranny's niceness is that a cover for you know getting what she wants. So we'll find out more about that. Um Yeah, so this was when they're in Doze's office and they bring Tam in. I loved the way they animated Doza, he's just standing there, like, I can't believe it has gotten to this point. Um, but you've got Tierney there, and she's asking Tam if she knows about Commander Poe Dameron, which to me means that this takes place after Poe has been captured on Jakku, and Kylo has already interrogated him on the finalizer. And, you know, whether or not it's before or after he and, um, you know, Finn helps him escape. And we get that scene where they crash back on Jakku. So I think we're at that point in the timeline because, you know, when um, Kylo did the interrogation, he, you know, he knew the, uh, that he had the best pilot in the Resistance at that point. Um, so they probably knew of Poe. And then maybe his interrogation revealed where he had just been and that he had interacted with Kaz, so maybe he reported that. And so that's in the First Order files that they're able to um, relay to Tierney. So, yeah, to just to help you not visualize, but just rationalize where they are in conjunction with the movies, I think we're after that point. So, as this is going on in Doze's office, eh, probably at this point they've already, uh, Finn and Poe have already crashed on Jakku. Um, got the sleeping baby with me again tonight. Lay down, buddy. Here we go. Here we go. Sorry, folks. Minor, minor delay as he shifts. Um, so we find out Bucket's okay. I kind of skipped ahead um, in some early conversations. I had the notes about it. So if Tam is the spy, who does she report to? Hopefully we'll find that out. Alright, so another thing that surprised me. We obviously knew from the mid-season trailer that they were going to sink the station. The question was, why? You thought, well, maybe it was to keep it... It, it was totally done to keep it out of First Order hands. That, you know, if certain areas are flooded, then they can't access them. <clears throat> but no, it was all about dropping the station to where they could swim to Doza Tower and take out the communications blanket while finding a way to close the security doors and save everyone. So, credit to them for making it a reason I didn't expect. And um, it was a you know, cool thought process. And the fact that Kaz was the one who suggested it, you know, as shows how much he has grown as far as his um, strategic worth. I, f I figured it would be Niku, because he would, since he's friends with the Chelidae, he would have an understanding of how the Colossus works. So, 
Good on good on them for doing something I didn't expect. Alright, as I shift the baby again. He would he would have been too wild to um, to do the show earlier. So once I got him calmed down here, here you go, buddy. Okay, so um, you know they're gonna sink sink the station, but they need Doza to help by closing the doors, and we get the cool little scene with CB23 and the the first order Roly. Um, Um, wait, you know, look, oh, okay, who else thought that, um, BB-9E had a, um, hat, was wearing a hat? It turns out it was, you know, since he has a flat head that he can do, um, can move plates and stuff like that. That was pretty cute. And then, uh, CB-23 takes over that so he can, looks like he's delivering food service. Um, that was clever. So then we get a highlight, to me, of the episode with... Uh, Doza and Tora, where CB23 is explaining the plot, and Doza, you know, this is where I really enjoy Jason Hightower, because he's giving just the one side of the conversation, we, we need to do what? And um, so he's like, okay, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard, and then Tora's like, I know, and does her cute little giggle, and Myrna Velasco is just a total sweetheart uh, with this, but then... When CB23 goes back with the hologram and Doza's, you know, he's very determined at this point, do it. I'll take care of it up here, but don't wreck my station. And then Tora pops up from behind him in the hologram and says, this is going to be great, and just waves at them. Because she's still a teenager, and that's her character, and it's so great. I would love for somebody with more talent than me to just start photoshopping her popping up in the hologram and like other Star Wars holograms that are more serious like when in Phantom Menace Star Sidious uh, gives the wipe them out all of them part that she's been behind him you know I can see that being the hot new meme instead of you know hello there and Anakin hating sand and all that uh, so yeah that, that was just really cute uh, Tor is such a fun character and um, I, I, on a personal note, I have to give a shout out to Myrna Velasco for being a totally great person. Um, when I started an Instagram account for this podcast, I started following, I searched out and followed all the actors that I could find, uh, you know, because I figured, you know, they would post neat stuff about the show, and this was before it even started. Um, the episodes and then Myrna followed me back and so I had some uh, DM conversations with her before uh, you know like early episodes I told her how much I was enjoying the character and she thanked me for that and then when season 2 was announced I uh, told her congratulations on that and she said thanks and uh, that they were totally jealous uh, that I was able to get the action figures because they weren't released on the West Coast yet. And so I told her, well, if I run across an extra tour, I will be glad to send you one. 
since you don't have it yet. And so um, she said, oh, that would be great. I would love that. Um, so I, uh, you know, I, it wasn't long after that that I did find an extra Torah figure. And so I mailed it to her. And she got it this week um, and uh, posted a photo. Um, so uh, it was just, it was nice that I was able to help her out with that. Um, and that's, that's when it gets surreal that, uh, you know, I've been doing this and I'm actually interacting with people who are on the show and everyone I've, you know, tweeted to, or, you know, had a, you know, like a DM conversation with, uh, from the cast of the crew, uh, these are great people, um, so I just wanted to take a moment to thank Myrna especially and everyone on the show honestly um, for being really cool and approachable. I started doing this as a hobby. I thought, you know, I would love to do a podcast uh, to try it, to see what I can do. And I thought Resistance would be fun, especially because I knew it would be a show that my son would want to watch. Um, didn't expect to be able to talk to people on the show. Um, and to, you know, just ask them questions sometimes, or just send along salutations. Um, but that was that was a pleasant uh, effect of doing this. Uh, so I'm very grateful for that. Anyway, I'll, it's been a long episode, but I'll, I'll wrap it up pretty soon because we're getting to the great finale here. Um, did I write? Oh, the shutdown is pretty cool, <laughs> is how I wrote it. Um, just the whole sequence of, and that was the other thing, you didn't know, was the Colossus already, like, sitting on a rock bed underneath the water? And they would just, like, is it accordion style to where you could collapse it down? But no, it turns out there it's kind of it is floating, but it's stabilized with turbines and all this other stuff down in engineering. So they just shut all that off. So it was cool to see um, how they did that, and um, and then you get reactions from you know people as the station starts to sink. You know, Opipit still doesn't have his floor buffer, so he's there trying to clean, and all the water's coming in and generally annoying him. Um, now, as I mentioned last week, um, you know, we weren't, it looked like Greville and his, uh, goon didn't get on that same ship with Aunt Z and Hype. Turns out that it was the case, because we see Greville during the sinking sequence. So, uh, he's still on there, and he got knocked over during the, during the chaos. Um, so it's totally sunk. Cas uh, and Yeager and CB23 can do the uh, the mission up to the tower. Um, now, my my when my son watched it with me, his favorite part was um, them traveling underwater to get to the to Doza Tower. Um, he thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then j just the whole scene with them, you know. Hacking the the first order technology to 
shut down the blanket, uh, send a message, get a message. I mean, that, that whole thing was nice and tense. And then you had Pyre out there um, with the troopers, you know, more firefight with Yeager. Um, all that was great. And I didn't even notice on the first viewing that once they confirmed they got a message that Yeager pushed Kaz back into the water to save him and then had CB-23 go after him so so that he could, you know, get himself captured and buy them more time. Um, yeah, I'm glad he wasn't killed. Um, so, he, you know, at least he survives another day. Um, but, yeah, uh, just more outstanding work from S Scott Lawrence on that. Uh, Yeager's still one of my favorites. Um... But, as we found out, not only did Kaz get the message out, but it was intercepted by the pirates. They're still around. And, um, it was funny. Um, Valak, who is the the female pirate with, uh, from the same species as Aura Singh, when she's playing the message, uh, my son said, Is that Darth Maul's wife? <laughs> so, that, that, was, <laughs> that made me laugh. Um... But, you know, there's Sonara. She's still there, and she hears the message. So what's going to happen next? Are they going to go help? Are they going to take advantage of the chaos and attack for their own good? I figured they would come back for the finale, and Sonara would convince them to fight on the side of the resistance, but we'll see. But we know it's there. Um... Now, I will say, like, from the underwater scenes to the end of the episode, Michael Tavera just did an outstanding job with the music. I liked um, that he kind of had an underwater theme going, which I hope is uh, we get more of that next week. Uh, you know, the pirates have their music. He gave Leia a great version of her theme. Uh, yeah, it really wrapped up the episode very solidly with the music. And, and he's he's done a great job all season. You know, when I was rewatching the recruit this week, you know, I you know picked up on he did use the original theme. Um, he had that whimsical music when they first went to the Colossus, and we saw it for the first time. Uh, he's just brought all these different styles. You know, he had more background music this week when Tierney and Tam are in the lounge. Uh, it's just added a nice flavor to uh, to this whole show, and it's been great. Uh, but it ends on you know Leia's message to Kaz that they can't come help because they're spread out too thin. And we know, like I say, we're probably at the point where Finn and Kaz, no, no, Finn and Poe have crashed on Jakku. So we're we're between that, and we know it. They. The Battle of Takodana has not yet happened because the Hosnian Prime stuff will go down next week. Um, so, the, you know, I'm sure Leia and everyone on Dakar is aware that, you know, it's about to come from the First Order, but you know, it's not just there yet, so they need to be ready, and they can't spare anybody at the moment. Um, so that all made sense on the timeline. Um, 
but you know a couple of things she said really stuck out she said I will send you the coordinates to our next base is that crate or did they have another place in mind and crate was the backup when they get chased by the first order in the last Jedi so we'll see either either they're going to crate at the end of the season or they're meeting up somewhere else that maybe is the base we see in episode 9 I don't know there's a, just that one line gave us a lot of possibilities and I like that she also said you are not alone you know in this you know as a reference to those other allies in the outer rim that they have that you know when they send out the call that we may or may not see in this season um, when they do make it to crate and send out the distress signal um, you know, could it be Zay and Shriv from Battlefront 2? Because they're out there. You know, they, they may meet up with the crew. Uh, th that would be awesome if they were introduced as characters on the show. Um, so yeah, Leia's message, even though it didn't bring help, it gave us a lot of possibilities for the plot. Um, but, you know, Kaz says, we're the resistance now, we're going to rescue our friends, we're going to drive out the First Order. We've got a two-part finale to see what happens. Um, again, the, the second half of the season has just been incredible. It's been building and building and building and building, and here we are to the finale, and it's going to be outstanding. Um, I mean, there's probably going to be some losses, some shocking things, I cannot wait to see what it is. Um, but, but that's it. I've, I think I've talked long enough. I got the kid back to sleep. Um, yeah, I, uh, the next two weeks are going to be insane, and I can't wait to talk about them. There's going to be a lot to summarize and to speculate upon because we got another season ahead. Um, the, they did announce um, the, there's several animation panels at Star Wars Celebration, of course. But Monday, April 15th is the Resistance panel. I will do a full wrap-up of that. There's going to be plenty of people in attendance who are going to report on it. I will just put all their information together um, and give them credit for it. And we'll talk about what, what's ahead. Um, but until I see you for the finale next week, um, you can follow me on social media. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at Radio Dakar. All the show, all the episodes for the show are on iTunes and SoundCloud. Until then, um, try to try to breathe uh, before we get into the finale. I'll see you next week. May the force be with you. <laughs>